0: surround yourself with the A players. Rub shoulders with the people that are doing stuff and stop this starving artist bootstrap all the time. Like sure, save money, everything like that, but like pay what you need to pay to be in the room and be around artists that are killing it and doing it and model doing what they're doing, whether that's paying the producer, doing co-writes with people, even though it's uncomfortable at first, buying onto tours like I suggested, sometimes paying for the information whether that's a coach or a horse or whatever it is, like if someone's where you want to be, pay them to shorten your curve.
1: Hey, this is Jason Tonioli. I'm a piano player that grew up believing it wasn't possible to earn a living and support a family with music. I've proven that idea was wrong and have met hundreds of other people who have found success with their music. This podcast features stories of musicians who have found their own personal version of success and fulfillment in both music and life. This podcast is meant to inspire musicians and help them believe in their abilities and motivate them to share their talents with others. This is the Successful Musicians Podcast. Well, welcome to the podcast today. Today, our special guest is Chris Greenwood. Uh, he's also known as Manifest, as your band name or your stage name. And Chris, I know you're kind of this Canadian rapper, rock artist guy. You're this unlikely musician person that a lot of musicians, when they go on stage, they become this other person. And they when they're off stage, they're like a whole nother person. But what I've been most impressed with is you've done so much to like teach and coach and help other people in the music industry figure out one, Spotify, I think has been something you've really been helpful to a lot of the music community with, but you've done a ton of other coaching and Facebook ads. I probably did a terrible job of introducing you there, but I guess tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of how you ended up to where you are today. Yeah,
0: sure, man. So yeah, my stage name is Manifest and what I think, I can't remember what book I shared it in, but like having like a stage name allows you to be someone that you've never been before. You know what I mean? Because like I came from being shy, timid, insecure. You know, I lost my dad to suicide when I was five years old and I had to overcome my fears in life in general. Right. But then to go on stage and sing, like, like that's a whole other thing. But like when you put and as Chris Greenwood, that's terrifying, but as manifest, it allows me to transform. It's kind of like the Clark Kent versus Superman. It's like your hidden identity. Right. And so it allowed me to just kind of get crazy and perform and entertain. But then when I get off stage, yeah, I am a little bit more chill and more subdued. And some people will say, you're nothing like you are on stage. I can't remember who it was. It was Chris Rock. Some entertainers, like I think it was Russell who said this, is that they don't want the regular me on stage. They want 10 times me. You know, They want that craziness. Yeah, to be able to do music full time, we've toured 22 different countries. I've sold hundreds of thousands of albums, millions of streams, all that stuff. and. I was just like a lot of artists trying to figure it out. I wasn't ever money motivated though. I was just success. I want people to hear my music. Like I wanted to be successful, but it had nothing to do with money at the time. It just had to be with like getting out there. But when I quit my job to take music more seriously, like I got signed and I thought, like, well, hey, they're gonna take care of me. I'm gonna be a rock star, right? Made it now, right? That you just arrived. (laughs) Yeah, like they're gonna take care of this, 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 and this. And I realized, nope, I still got to do that, 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 and that. They're gonna put my record out there. And I was uh, just finishing a tour where it was pretty rough, and I was literally just about to give up, and all of a sudden, we had success in Japan. And you're right, it happened to the most unlikely guy in the most unlikely place, which was halfway across the globe, As we got famous in Japan, and we're selling like 10,000 albums a week. That breathed new life into my career, money, opportunities. And then finally, I had some success in the US, which is what I always wanted with some radio hits. and. All of a sudden, I'm getting calls for tours. Everyone wanted me to be on tour. And what's amazing is one tour that I was paying $500 a night to be on to get that exposure, did that tour, blew it out of the water, kind of like stole their fan base in a sense, like sold more like it was was wild right like it's wild when you see an artist on the kind of almost steal the show and it was wild to actually experience that and then the next tour they literally paid me 500 plus hotels and all this stuff and so just the idea like most artists wouldn't be willing to invest the 500 a night plus pay each band member 150 dollars, plus shell out hundreds of dollars a night in hotels plus whatever gas and food is but i did that for a time And then literally the next tour, I'm getting paid that plus merch and stuff. And so music's been good to me, but it hasn't been without its risks. It hasn't been without its $40,000 radio blunder mistakes. And we can get into lots of stuff. But here I am. It's been 14 years. I've been doing music full time. I've been very blessed. And I got a great fan base. And I just try to make the best music I can.
1: As you were struggling, you said you were about ready to quit. How many years in was that before that first little bite of success hit you? Great question, man. So
0: had an independent EP in two thousand one. Had an independent album in two thousand and three. Had the first album with the label that was like two thousand four or five. I can't remember exactly. And then it was the second record with the label that I was just about to quit. So we've been in here now like five or six years, right? And then that second record blew up with the label. So it was four records in. I don't know how many songs that is. It's like 40 plus recorded songs, probably hundreds of written songs. So
1: that was my overnight success. So you've got lots of artists out there that I know have been in that boat and probably quit before that overnight success happened the four or five years in. What advice do you have for these early people You know, as they're trying to just struggle? And what do you tell that person?
0: Well, be willing to get coaching on not just the business side, but the music side, the songwriting side, you know, I was really blessed to have different people tell me the truth about my songs and that they weren't actually that good. I quickly rubbed shoulders with different producers that could really make a great record. And I was like, wow, like you've taken my music to another level by working with you. Okay. Like I figured that out really quickly. I didn't care what the cost was or whatever, because That guy's cost started to go up because he was producing killer records. And so that was one thing. And then surrounding yourself with just people that are going to cause you to stretch, like surround yourself with the A players, rub shoulders with the people that are doing stuff and stop this starving artist bootstrap all the time. Like, sure, save money, everything like that, but like pay what you need to pay to be in the room and be around artists that are killing it and doing it and model doing what they're doing, whether that's paying the producer. Doing co-writes with people, even though it's uncomfortable at first. Buying onto tours, like I suggested. Sometimes paying for the information, whether that's a coach or a horse or whatever it is. Like If someone's where you want to be, pay them to shorten your curve. And then if someone's where you want to be, listen to what they're saying. Like One of the biggest mistakes I made was I was impatient. And I remember a guy was trying to help me get a higher level manager. And I was too impatient. And I went with this lower level manager and he ended up kind of screwing me in a sense and not working hard. And he only had the relationships he had. But if I had waited for this other guy that was trying to get me an A-level manager, and what that basically means is they got bigger bands, bigger connections and networking opportunity to plug me into where this lower manager is probably just squawking at this one. Put my band on, put my band on where this guy had already had the connections and he could leverage all his other bigger bands or artists to get me on things. And it's like, but I was too impatient. I had to have this now. And it's like, I kind of went through some pain that I could have really avoided. Years of pain.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting is I've taken your course on Spotify and it was very helpful. This was even a couple of years ago, I think probably right when you about launched it. But there's all these courses to pick from. And I know musicians get bombarded with you the Facebook ads. Seems like everybody's coming out with some new course. What advice do you give to these musicians in one, finding and choosing the right courses for their needs? And then also, let's maybe answer that one first. Then I want to talk about finding the right coaches as well. So what advice do you have for people as they're looking for courses? Well, for a guy that sells them, I got to be honest, like
0: don't buy a course that you're not going to take, that you're not going to take the time through. Like don't buy a book, buy something that you're going to take and act upon it. Like I ain't here to just inspire you. Without you taking action, that's just entertainment. Inspiration without action is just entertainment. And so that's why a lot of the times now we have more of these coaching programs and this five-day challenge that I do because people have to show up. And it's amazing. People that pay, pay attention. And when people pay more, the heart follows the pocketbook sort of sense, right? And those that ask questions and actually do stuff, that is where you start to change your life. You can't just listen to something or buy a course and feel like you did something. And that's coming from the guy that sells online courses. I'm almost saying don't get them, you know what I mean? If you're not going to take action. But like, I'll never forget one of my mentors that I was reaching out to for like months. This guy was like the label manager of a pretty big record label. And I had emailed him and finally he got back to me. Like, And they were so short, his messages, but it was just like, wow, he actually got back to me. And then when I finally got stayed on this guy's radar enough and I kept on just staying in touch we had a conversation. I'll never forget him saying when he was like, yeah, man, I got all your emails. I got all of them. I just wanted to see if you're just a squawker like all the other ones or you're actually serious about your music career. Right. And I was just like, dang, he's like, do you know how many squawkers I get and people that say they want to do this? And I had another booking agent and he actually passed away, believe it or not. This guy booked some big bands. I'll never forget I had a meeting with him. And he's like, Chris, do you know how many artists have sat in that chair and said they're going to do this and said they're going to do that? What makes you different? And I was just like, damn, this guy's like kicking me in the nuts right now. Like, but that's what this industry is. And it's just like, you got to put in the work and show up. And whether you hire this or do that, like you've got to do the work. A course isn't going to save you. Like I'm not even someone's savior. You come and ask the questions. I tell you what to do. Like we just did a coaching call as a student. And I said, you better have this by Wednesday night. Or I'm going to call you out on it in front of everybody. And you better have a reason. Like, isn't it what Jim Rohn says? Like, how many calls did you make? Well, this happened. No, no, no. I want a number. How many calls? How many emails did you send it? How many songs did you write? You know what I mean? Like, anyways, I don't know if that's exactly what you're looking
1: for, but that was my rant. So you probably don't know this about me. I worked in the banking industry for about 12 years. I was a stuffy banker doing the marketing for him. And then I left and started a software company after that. But in my time in the bank, I used to coach about 40 mortgage loan officers. Sounds incredibly boring, but what's been interesting is all of these lessons that I learned in the business world, as you're telling me about, show up and actually do the course or do the thing. So when I left, I did a consulting for a lot of big banks. and I mean, they're dropping like millions of dollars on projects. So it's not just like you're spending 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever small amount on a music course. Banks would spend millions of dollars thinking that they're going to have some software that comes in, like saves their sales team and does everything for them. And I watched the same thing that you're describing happen. In these banking worlds where they would drop $100,000 on some magic software that would allow them to send an email or do something as stupid as send a letter out. And I watched seven different CRM systems in a bank completely flop and fall on their face. The executives were like, oh, we need to do this. This is important. And then when it came down to actually doing it, we couldn't even get a mortgage officer to send a freaking letter out. I'm like, I just need you to handwrite this letter and do this one little thing. And they wanted to depend and place all of the blame on the software. Or the training wasn't enough to get me to do the thing. And I see the same thing in, with the musicians, like what you're describing. It's the same thing, only usually it's just the musician by themselves. And they buy your course probably on Spotify. And then somebody's probably mad, well, it didn't work. Well, did you do this and this and this? And did you just follow the freaking program? And I think there's a value bomb for you right there. of Just follow what the coach does or the teacher says. And if you do, you'll probably be successful. I know you do a lot of Russell Brunson stuff with ClickFunnels. I, I'm sure you've heard the term of do what Russell says, right? On some of the training. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, just do what he says and follow through. And, but it's also like,
0: I think it was one of my old managers said this to me. It's like, you got to figure it out for you though. Right? Like what exactly I did isn't going to work for the same person. They might do even bigger, better, more opportunities. And it's kind of like, you don't just copy, but you model. And how does that going to work for my genre? For me getting a collaboration or a feature or whatever it is to grow my music, you know what I mean? Or for radio or whatever it is, right? And being willing to like think and not just want it all done for me. Like a lot of artists, and I get it, they want their marketing done for them. But that's like outsourcing your love life, right? And who wants to do that? Like you need to be in control of marketing your career. Now, one thing I will say, because a lot of artists hate social media. Because you feel like it takes from you more than you get from it. Like you're giving it more than it's giving back to you. Number one, though, because you probably haven't posted enough. You don't know how to post. You're not engaging and you're not sticking with it long enough. But if you hate it, then pay a social media influencer. Like We just paid a social influencer and it got like over 10,000 plus views. And I just sent them the song. And they have the audience that I want. They have metal. They have rockers. And it's just like, so just. Don't take no for an answer. Like in the business space, we have one of my coaches, Gold, and Golden, as you speak about what Russell says, he literally says today, Russell told him to do a webinar every single week. And he's like, that's like nails on a chalkboard to him. So he had to figure out, well, Russell's my coach, but how can I make this work for me? Take the things out and still show up and get the results,
1: right? Yeah, it's interesting. I think every one of us comes from, especially musicians, We've worked in other industries, whether it's the restaurant industry or what banking for me. I'm sure you've got plenty of stories. Computers, there you go. But there's things that are all around us, if you kind of observe and watch, that are successful in those industries. And I think the smartest people that I see, they bring all of their knowledge and they have a bigger view of what to do. And they take the best of each and they dial it into kind of make who they are and kind of how they're going to market, how they're going to brand themselves. And it just makes for a stronger ability to learn somebody was, I can't remember who it was, but they talked about IQ and somebody was explaining, you know, you take your IQ test and you have like 120 as your IQ, but other people have a lot of knowledge that's different and maybe they have an 120 IQ. But if you take those two people and you have two circles, imagine two circles and you overlap those. Now that 120 IQ maybe becomes 130 or 140 because now you've got extra knowledge. And I think that was something that kind of clicked in my brain like, okay, if I can go learn from a Chris Greenwood or go learn from Russell Brunson, All of a sudden, I've grabbed five more IQ points and just made myself way smarter by recognizing the value those people bring. And the same is true with a team if you're hiring a team of people.
0: Yeah, that's so good, man. Yeah, because like I always say, like, if your dream doesn't require a team, you're not thinking big enough. And like, I think I did a video the other day, like saying, like, to have freedom and to be able to move forward faster, you got to be willing to delegate and hire these things out like. I had a producer sending me stuff back and doing things that I I don't know how to edit vocals. I don't know how to play instrument or whatever, but I know what I want. And so I've got him working on something. I got my graphic designer working on something else. I've got my VA doing this, you know, different people doing stuff to move this thing forward. And you're right. I'm taking all the skills. I can't
1: even imagine what that equals out to when you have the manpower working for you. Yeah. And then you get to the end of the year and you think, man, do I get that much done? But then you look back and you're like, holy cow. When you add up everybody's stuff today, there's no way you would have been able to do it yourself. And I think a lot of people, even if I go back to the banking, you have these mortgage officers that I worked with and they were kind of by themselves. The ones that did the best had a team of people. The other ones that just struggled, they wouldn't let things go. And I see the same thing in the music industry with the artist thinking they have to do everything and they never let go of any piece of it. And they may be super talented, but they could be even more talented, more successful if they just recognize where they might be able to spin off the different things that they're a little weaker at or that somebody else could help them with, right? Yeah, oh my gosh, so good. So you've done a lot of coaching. I know Myron Golden's one of my very favorite people. I mean, that guy's brilliant. You're working with him, but talk to me about maybe coaching in general. If you were giving advice to somebody up and coming, how do you find that right coach for you? And what things do you say, hey, that's maybe a red flag I need to be, maybe need to watch out for too. Right, right. Well, anyone that's a few steps
0: ahead of you, right? Like when I first got into rapping and singing, there's this guy that, you know, and he wasn't even that good, but he knew more than me and he had to record onto a tape cassette and how to record a demo onto vinyl and instrumentals and just how to write and rhyme. And so he was my coach. And then, okay, I met somebody else that's better, more talented. And I remember this producer and all of a sudden he became my coach and he was really looking at my lyrics. And what I was saying is like, Chris, like, keep it simple, stupid, the KISS principle, like. I remember when I couldn't, he's like, what's the song about? And I was like, uh, I don't even know. He's like, if you don't even know what the song is about, how's anybody else supposed to know? And I remember he was my coach for a while. And then eventually, you know, I met other people. Sometimes it was books, like Power of Positive Thinking, Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like those were mentors for a while all of a sudden I'd meet people in the music industry, like whether it was a booking agent or a manager. I remember this one guy, he was kind of coaching me for a while. He turned out to be super, super shady. And like, man, I had had to fire him. I'll never forget, like we were sending out these packages to radio and I got a deal through my company and he wanted me to send them my packages first. And then he was slipping other artists' packages in there that I was kind of connecting and just doing like, little shady things without telling me, you know, if he had told me, I'm going to put my other artist in here too, because it's going to radio anyways, but he didn't tell me that. And just like super shady stuff. So you got to watch out for that. But when it comes to coaches, it's like really like it could be like an artist. And I'm going to talk about like, really driving home the idea if someone is where you want to be, like they're living the dream, they're doing what you want to do or done what you've already done, then you want to consider hiring them. So sometimes it was me wanting to work with another artist, asking for their advice. Like even on tour, I'd say, hey, dude, can we sit in the tour bus and can I ask you a couple of questions or can I interview you? you? Can give me advice, like humbling myself, right? A lot of artists, it blows my mind. Like even old friends, like don't reach out because they're too scared. Or I would reach out to their managers and I would ask them advice. And I wish I did this more and I wish I networked more on tour. But like, there's so many artists out there that are where you want to be. And you can see who their managers are. You can see who their booking agents are. There's these conferences that happen, whether it's an ASCAP Expo, a CD Baby conference. I haven't been to that one. You know, there's NXNE. There's South by Southwest. Like, go meet people and then like decide like, hey, is this person where I want to be? Like, can they help? We try to now give out so much content. Like, I try to give out like the best value content I can personally as my brand, because I coach people, they can like take action on right away. So that's better than people's paid stuff is always our goal. But like, that's how I'm kind of when I'm hiring a coach, because I'm watching something on YouTube. It's like, dude, that guy helped me. That girl helped me. And if that's their free stuff, I can only imagine what their paid stuff is. Right. right? And so that's kind of how I hire coaches. Like there's this one guy, I'm thinking of hiring him because he's just given me so much game already. Like he's just giving me so many ideas and I'm like thinking, okay, he might be my next coach. And my wife lets me hire one like big mastermind kind of a year. And I've already kind of figured out, I think, who it's going to be later 2023, because I'm always trying to be in the room, man, like with people that are doing stuff. Because like I realized, man, when I shrink back,
1: when I'm not surrounding myself with people or having a coach kicking my butt. You made me smile when you said your wife lets you do one of those a year. Talk to me a little bit about how important is that, whether it's a spouse, partner, whatever, or cheerleader, how critical has she been in getting to you where you are today? Dude, so incredible having the right spouse
0: around. You know, she's let me do some crazy things. She's held me back from a cliff and some of those cliffs I probably could have died. Some of them I probably should have jumped off anyways. Some of them I eventually did anyways. And sometimes it worked out. Sometimes it didn't. I remember there's a $60,000 advance that the record label was giving. It was to do another deal. And I remember she's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And yet these other people were suggesting do it. And I did it. And it was a really big mistake. And I should not have done it. And hard lessons learned. But she kind of challenges. She's like, okay, well, have you done what the other guy said yet? Like, why do you need this now if you haven't even done what the other dude said? And if you earn this amount, if you hit this goal, then yeah, go do that. But she's been really, really encouraging. Because I remember... When I did hire my first coach, which he was the record label manager, right? And he was doing coaching. And I think it was 900 bucks a month. And we did not have that at the time. But I knew I needed the connections. I knew I needed the advice. And he was also doing some other supplementary things like writing and stuff. And so it ended up like being some of the best money I ever invested. And I watched my career just fly past all these other artists that were more talented than me. But I just blew past them because I was willing to invest not only in this, but in the music, the packaging, the artwork. Like it's not the most talented that wins. The best song doesn't win. It's sometimes just the artist that hustles and has the right information
1: that wins. Yeah, for sure. But I'm seeing this Spotify plaque behind you it says 130 million streams. So I know you do a lot of the coaching on Spotify. So for the, the artist out there that's maybe releasing one or a half dozen songs, What would you say, or without going through your course, which they probably, they should for sure, but what advice do you have for that person that's just barely releasing their own songs? And what are the kind of those first three or four steps that sometimes maybe get missed that they definitely need to make sure they hit?
0: Some of the biggest mistakes are, and that's unfortunate, I meet artists and they've put out the whole album already, and it should be put out with singles so that you can pitch each one to the editorial playlists, which are on Spotify, which are these playlists that Spotify is curated which have huge followings. And if you get your song added to that, you can get tens, if not hundreds of thousands of streams, which is money and exposure. And it can just do some crazy stuff. And so a lot of artists, they put out the whole album and I tell them, you got to think this is more of a singles world. One of the things I always tell them, spacing out the releases, like you got to promote the song. You know, you can't just put song every week and you wonder why you're not growing. Well, you're not marketing in between. You're not really campaigning. Like you gotta like celebrate each song and blow it up, right? One of the big things I tell them is collaborations, paying for a big feature. Cause a lot of artists like, and I love Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Spotify ads. We talk about all these different marketing tools. But one of the easiest, best way, and we're doing it right now is we're collaborating. And I'm tapping into your audience. I'm going to promote this to my audience. And we're both going to explode it, right? So it's going to get bigger push than me just doing it on my own or you just doing it on your own. Well, this is the same thing with an artist that already has a fan base. They're maybe in the genre that you want to be. Maybe that's folk, country, rock. I don't know. But you pay to get a bigger artist singing a verse, a hook, maybe the bridge. I don't know, a rap, right? And you tapping into their fan base and like immediately like that referral, is so much more powerful than you just trying to market cold to people that don't know you. If I introduce you to one of my friends, Jason, they're gonna be like, Oh, that's cool. Okay, he knows Chris, as opposed to you just emailing them cold or same thing. If you introduce me to one of your friends, it's gonna be like, Hey, I know this guy, right? And it's just a different light. Well, man, in the music, it's the same thing. It's one of the like biggest levers an artist can pull. But I don't know, it's like artists are scared or just haven't done it. And if I can just share anything, and we talk about this on the on the Spotify challenge, is that like It's only scary because you haven't done it yet. And once you've gotten your feet wet and you've done something, then you're going to learn and you're going to grow. But yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to suck it first. Okay,
1: be willing to be bad at something long enough until you get good at it. Right. You're going to probably suck at it a dozen or a hundred times even before you get good at it. Dude. Yeah, it's a great, great advice. I find it interesting that as you're talking, you're saying we want to deliver more value and more stuff than even the person that's doing the paid stuff. I've heard over deliver, get to find a place I can get t-shirts, say over deliver, just make that the mantra of making sure. And I always ask myself, you know, what can I do to over deliver? And some of the things I've seen with other people, but even with my music is you try and find that story. I've watched your stuff a long time and you have that story behind the music, but you take your people along for the ride on the creation process it is so valuable as an artist. As you talk about like slowly sharing that out, my guess is most of the time you're trying to figure out what's the story behind it. How can I make people care about that music? What's that hook? You said is what you called it, but what can you do to find the hook that makes it interesting or makes it so that touches them? Or there's just so many like different emotions that you can play on, on stories that we have in our own life that I think go into our music even. If we really get real with ourselves, you know what? Our fan base wants to hear those stories because that's where it emotionally starts to mean something for them and when they want to have more stuff from us. So I don't know that you've seen that with other artists, with the story behind the songs Or you have any tips? How do you find that story or be comfortable sharing those stories? That's
0: so good, man. And this is what it is, right? Like most artists, and this is the big mistake. It's like, okay, albums here, go buy it. And all their fans are going, Oh, you got an album. Oh, I don't even know. You want me to support it. Well, you didn't share. (laughs) I don't even know you dude. Like you didn't allow me in on the artwork. You didn't allow me in on the songwriting. You didn't allow me in in the studio. You didn't allow me in in the melodies and you didn't allow me in on the heartbreaking story that you went through whether that's a heart breakup, whether that's drug overdose, whether that's just, I don't know, something tragic. Like you want to peel back that story like an onion. And I think it was Brandon Burchard who said, don't retell your story, relive your story, like re really relive that pain and share it like over Instagram, over YouTube shorts and share those stories. And like, but you gotta be willing to start at zero like you can't be afraid to start small and at zero followers. Like everybody starts at zero, but you've got to start putting your message out there and practicing. And like a lot of artists is like, oh, I want to start while I'm here and I don't want to look small. And it's like, that's just how the game works.
1: Yep. And I think the hard part with social media, and even with whether it's the email or with your fans, sometimes it's really hard to share those hard moments. And you don't want people to know that you have that weakness or that you had that hard time. And I think what I've learned over time is the more I've been willing to kind of strip back the onion, like you said, and share, the more connection there is. Big time, man, because they relate to your struggle more than they relate to your success. I've got a friend, really close friend of mine, his wife's going through, she just found out a couple of days ago, she's going to be going through cancer treatment, leukemia. And he's a really one of the coolest people I know. He's like, we don't need anything. I don't want to necessarily share this. And we're really private. And I totally get that. But as I was talking to him, I had this realization like, hey, you may not need it. But the fact that you're going to be struggling through this, there's probably other people that as strong as I know he is and his wife's going to be, that story that they can share with others is a service they can almost provide us. Maybe it's not for them, but you see people that have just touched so many lives. And the same thing's true with the music. If you can take people through that struggle you've had kind of that hero's journey and overcome the difficult thing, I've learned, man, I've been able to serve more people with my music when I've broken down and been real with people like, hey, this is what this is really about, where the song Finding Peace came from it because I got stabbed in the back type of thing, you know, and it's hard to share those stories. But I think if you're really out there to serve and over deliver as an artist, the sooner you can find that and be okay with sharing and helping others. Like Mm -hmm. you said, you going back to the very beginning, you said the money never mattered to you. I think the impact you've had on people has been way more than any million dollar or two comma club, whatever award you've ever got. It means way more than you take that hundred times over compared to the money, right?
0: Oh, dude, for sure. Like people coming up to me in Germany saying my song saved their marriage or got them through college or stopped suicide or all the tears. You see people like, I actually had a guy yesterday. I don't get stopped very much. I got stopped twice yesterday in the mall which is wild. Normally I get stopped in the US more than Canada. And this one guy was just like, man, I listened to everything you growing up when I was playing drums and, da, 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 da. and like, man, thank you. And it was just like, just in front of my wife and my daughter. I was just like, wow, you know, cause like I haven't been touring as much. And so I haven't been getting those accolades like in that kind of whatever. And I, maybe I forget that my music is really having an impact. And that's one thing I really challenge students on our thing is like, look, like that's why you got to put your music out there because it has a message. Like you obviously recorded something because you feel passionate about something. Well, you got to get that out there. Like, and you're going to let someone named John, I live in my basement, 62, that some troll stop you from posting or some troll in your mind that's not even, even there. So like, just go for it. Put yourself out there, right? Get this message out there and stop thinking about yourself and thinking about like the people you need to impact.
1: All too often, people think, oh, I got to have the million followers or even a thousand followers. You know what? If you can just impact that one person, maybe you're 70 years old and playing piano and you just can impact one of your grandkids. Well, it's just that one person, you'll never know the impact you can have by just, you just need that one more person, one person you can impact. And it makes it worth every ounce of sweat and blood tears that we put into this music that we do. I know we're out of time here, but any other best advice you've ever gotten from anybody in the music business, if you're thinking of like, man, it made all the difference. Wow. Well, I'll give you a few. Number one, law of success is to
0: maintain control. You don't need a record label. So stop chasing that. Amen to that. You don't need a label. If you're looking for long-term success, be your own label. Second thing is is the songs. The best marketing that I could possibly teach you is only going to make a bad song fail faster. And so be willing to invest in a great songwriting and that will open up more doors. Like I've had people slam the doors in my face and said no to so many times in my life. And yeah, I've learned how to turn those nos into maybes and then those maybes into yeses. But the quickest way to do that is with a hit song that has opened more doors for me and done more things for me than undeniably great song that you market the junk out of. Like, I'm telling you, like. It happens and it can happen to you if you're willing to not give up and stay in the
1: game. So, Chris, if people are wanting to find out more about what you're doing, what's the best place for them to go to go check out and what you can offer or learn a little bit more and over deliver? I know you got a whole bunch of free content too. So where should they go?
0: They can look me up on YouTube, Smart Music Business, or if they want like more one-on-one coaching, I want to ask me questions for a week straight. We have a challenge I run once a month. I call it the Spotify five-day challenge, where every day I go live for two hours. The first hour is just Q&A over a private Zoom for those that get a VIP ticket, and it's just an invaluable experience because I get to talk to them one-on-one just like this over Zoom, but they also get to hear all the questions of other artists and the answers, and man, it's just an invaluable great time where I get to pour into them literally for an hour for five days straight. And then they also get invited to a mentorship program, but they have to apply for that to work one-on-one with me after that. But yeah, the five-day challenge is once a month and they can just get like a VIP ticket or regular ticket. Go to 10xyourfanbase.com forward slash let's go and they can uh, get on that.
1: Sweet. We'll put all those links in the show notes. Again, thanks so much for your time today and thank you so much for all you're doing to serve and help in the community and just help artists believe in themselves and find that success that they're looking for. So uh, appreciate your time today and we'll definitely catch up again another time. Absolutely. Thanks, brother. Thanks so much. Hey, it's Jason here and I hope you've gotten a lot of value out of this episode. Be sure to check out our show notes to learn more about our guest today and if you'd like to support our podcast, there's a few things that you can do to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe it will help ensure that you don't miss a future episode. Second, if you'll share it with your friends on social media or send it via email or message, it helps us spread the word as well. And third, if you'll leave an honest review, it really helps with the algorithms so that other people can find our podcast. Finding success and fulfillment in the music industry is possible, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.